Hello, and welcome to episode 454 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva, and September is behind us. A month of football is in the books. We've learned a ton. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. One more week until we get some bye weeks. There will be apologies and capitulation on today's shows. <laughs> on today's show, we are going to go team by team through each NFC squad, talking through exactly what we saw and what it means. Before we get into it, reminder, weekly and monthly packages are now available on Establish the Run. DFS season, aka the best season, is here. It is the most important time to have the most reliable data and analysis. No one takes projecting how football players perform on Sundays more seriously than us. On top of that, we have the ownership projections, Silva's matchups, showdown analysis, everything we think you need to win. Also, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. We now have weekly rankings for the best ball stuff on Underdog and also rankings for their best ball resurrection tournament. Really a lot of fun. Keeps your game sharp in the season long. Streets in the best ball streets. Use promo code ETR to get up to $100 deposit bonus. You do not have an account on Underdog Fantasy. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right. Start off here with the Cardinals, Evan. Rondell Moore, you know, we talked about when Rondell Moore came back, would he have to share it with Greg Dorch? He did not. Rondell Moore came back with somewhat of a new role. 65 of 76 snaps. Obviously great for Rondell Moore. But 47 of them were wide, only 17 in the slot. The big difference to me was the average depth of target. 10.4 yards average depth of target for Rondell Moore in this game. He was at 1.3 last year. So it's encouraging, I'd say. Greg Dorch only ran 16 routes. You know, I, I thought it was an encouraging thing for Rondale. The problem is that this offense remains somewhat broken, I think. What do you think of Rondale's debut? Anything else on the Cardinals? I just think that we've seen fairly consistently that Cliff Kingsbury struggles to put players in the max up, uh, uh, max situations to succeed. Rondale Moore is five foot seven like 180, 190, I don't know why you'd want to be playing him outside. Um, you know, again, I I have my own bias where I think he should be like an Austin Eckler sort of player, certainly playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I think he has some ability to make plays downfield, but I think he's going to be really difficult to predict and rely on uh, if he's going to be more of a perimeter receiver than a player who lines up closer to the quarterback. And, and by the way, he also has DeAndre Hopkins coming back uh, in week mm -hmm. six. Um, Wait, is thing it week say, six or week seven? I'm sorry, week seven. Week seven. Kind of, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, the other thing that I would note, James Conner has been dealing with his knee and ankle stuff. We're seeing more Eno Benjamin. We're seeing more of the mentor, Darrell Williams. James Conner's role is still good, but with the offense so broken and also him dealing with his knee and ankle stuff just hasn't been great for James Conner. I'm not really sure what season-long people can do other than hold at this point on James Conner, not much else you can do. Hope he gets healthy and he starts to ice Eno and Daryl Moore. Let's go to Atlanta. Oh boy. I mean, Arthur Smith is on the shit list, man. I, I mean, they're not even trying to throw now. They complete seven passes in this game. And the problem is they won, which, you know, Arthur Smith is going to be like, oh, look, we won. We, we completed seven passes and we won. I mean, Marcus Mariota dropped back 20 times in this game. Kyle Pitts ran 12 routes. And the crazy thing is that Kyle Pitts' target share this year is actually higher than last. 22.4% this year versus 
0.2% last year. But his catch rate is 16 points lower. And as a team, they're 29th in pass rate over expectation. They're 24th in pace. I mean, they just like, they're just not getting plays off. They're not getting pass plays off. It's a mess. Now, people are saying, what should I do with Kyle Pitts? There's nothing you can do. I'm continuing to start him. It's an unmitigated disaster. But when they get into games where they actually have to throw a lot, he's going to see 20, 25% of the targets. Mm -hmm. And it's going to get better. So, you know, it's just really, really frustrating right now. I'm not sure what else to say, what you see out of the Falcons win over the Browns. Arthur Smith may be on the shit list from a fantasy standpoint when we – you know, through through the lens of uh, Kyle Pitts and and, uh, and Drake London after this game, but you know they like they they won the game. Yep, and they have had a dominant running game throughout the season, playing a longtime kick returner as their feature back. He didn't or uh, he did play in this game, um, but he's clearly banged up. And yep. then went on IR. CPAT went on IR after the went game. Went on IR, so now he's out for the next four weeks. We're gonna have to talk about. Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley a lot Mm -hmm. because I mean they've been a plug-and-play running game uh here throughout the season um so I I, and and their offensive line has has been playing pretty dang dang well so um yeah I mean I I think that now Arthur Smith is incentivized to continue to play this way um and you know the Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley should both be owned in like every single league yeah for sure. Do you have a preference between those two guys? They both got roughly the same usage uh, on yeah. Sunday. Probably uh, Tyler Algier because just because they have a little bit more invested in him. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I would also note Avery Williams is still on the team and in the mix there, although he seems to be clearly behind Algier and Caleb Huntley. A lot of people played Marcus Mariota in DFS this past week, didn't they? Yes, it did not go well. Yes. I thought Mariota was fine. Um, ended up playing Josh Allen in cash, but yeah, I mean, uh, not the best. I mean, we just can't count on them to want to throw the football right now. And it's obviously a major, major problem. Go to Carolina. Speaking of not wanting to do anything, Carolina is on pace to set a record for the fewest offensive plays run in an entire season. They're playing, they're running 53.5 plays per game. Christian McCaffrey though, on the good side of things, plays through the quad issue, 45 of 52 snaps, 18 of 19 running back touches. I mean, this role for Christian McCaffrey is the best in the NFL. We've talked about it plenty. Maybe him and Saquon Barkley. CMC, 190 snaps this year. Dante Foreman, 18. Chubba Hubbard, 15. I mean, it, CMC, it's his world. If they run mm-hmm. more plays, they can string together some first downs, play more efficiently. He's going to go off. Not that he's not going off already. He's number five in PPR, running back, scoring, and fantasy. But yeah, this was the spot we talked about for DJ Moore in the past game, and they still couldn't really do it. DJ Moore was fine, but... Not the breakout that we wanted. Right. Any thoughts on Carolina's performance against the Cardinals? That's about the extent of it. I mean, Baker Mayfield continues to be just one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Um, I don't know what he does well at this point. I mean, he's not particularly athletic. He doesn't have a particularly strong arm. He's not particularly accurate. I just, you know, his his uh, his fundamentals and lack. He's a total mess, and I think that the Panthers, which and they invented. They invested a decent amount in their offensive line. Um, you know, most notably uh, Iki Ikwanu, uh, who they drafted, I believe, six overall. Their offensive line has been bad. Um, I, I was really worried about Christian McCaffrey going into this game, so I came out uh, pleasantly surprised and pleased 
that he wound up with a bunch of touches. He was very involved in the passing game, really for the first time this season at, at that high, super high volume level that we've seen him, from him over the years. Yeah, I mean, just the ability to catch nine balls in a game for 81 yards and a touchdown, like it's just so, so, so unique. And so, yeah, I think McCaffrey is going to be fine, but team is a mess. I mean, Baker threw it 36 times in this game and DJ Moore is still only six catches for 50 yards, no touchdowns on 11 targets. Let's go to Chicago, kind of as, as expected with the Chicago stuff. Khalil Herbert comes in for David Montgomery, plays on 77% of the snaps, gets about 76% of the running back. Touches only one target for Khalil Herbert, but we know Chicago doesn't want to throw the football. Anyways, 19 carries for Khalil Herbert, 100 total yards against the Giants is what it is at this point with the Bears. We know they're just trying not to throw the football at all costs. What you see out of their game against the Giants? Yeah, and actually the Bears' pass block win rate um, has been like top half of the league. So I'm not sure that we can use that as an excuse anymore for Justin Fields because Justin Fields is just holding on to the ball so long, man. And the play calling was also disappointing in this game. Luke Getze, I don't know what he was thinking, but multiple um, uh, uh, third down uh, screen passes to Cole Komet, none of which worked. I mean, that can can you come up with a worse play call on like third and long than throwing the ball to your slowest offensive skill position player on, on a screen where he has to do – I mean, it's just – the offense is just an absolute disaster. I think he's on – Justin Fields right now is on pace for um, 285 pass attempts which, I, I, I mean, that, that's like 1960s football. Yeah. The, the, if you look at props on Justin Fields, like his completions line in a game is like 12 and a half, 13 and a half, which is insane. I mean, it's insanely low. And we still don't take it. And he completed 11 passes in this game. I mean, it's so, it's so crazy what's going on. Dallas. Good news for Dallas is Michael Gallup made his debut off the ACL, and I thought he looked really good. Played 64% of the snaps. More importantly... Ran a route on 83% of Cooper Rush's dropbacks, played exclusively outside, and Gallup produced two for 24 with a touchdown, and also not in the box score, drew two pass interference penalties deep down the field for 65 yards on those pass interference penalties. So a really good debut for a really good player coming off an ACL, Michael Gallup. The latest DAC news that I've seen is that they're not ruling him out for Sunday, but given how well Cooper Rush has been playing, I'd be a little bit surprised if DAC was back this week. So we'll see on that. Any thoughts for you on Dallas coming out of the Commanders game? The latest that I've seen on Dak Prescott that he is not going to play this week, he still can't grip a football confidently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and look, Cooper Rush has played more than adequately. He's now 4-0 as a starter. Um, you know, hats off to Cooper Rush, hats off to their coaching staff. We can now rely fairly confidently on their pass catchers with the exception of Dalton Schultz that Cooper Rush is plenty good Mm-hmm. enough to be able to get the ball to these guys and Tyler Smith that left tackle has been a revelation they started him out at left guard he had to move to left tackle because they lost Tyron Smith he's been excellent on the blind side yeah and CeeDee Lamb among the, the NFL's leaders in air yards continues to see really really valuable targets in a high volume of them Lions I mean Jamal Williams usage was not that great in place of DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams only played 48% of the snaps. He only ran a route on 36% of the dropbacks, 7% target share. But when you're the president of Team Sex, as Jamal Williams is, all that stuff doesn't matter. It's meaningless. He goes 19-108-2 with 
rushing scores like 27 DraftKings points. DeAndre Swift is likely going to continue to miss time. I just want people to be aware that the Jamal Williams usage, you know, underlying usage is not great compared to what we saw in the box score. Obviously, all the wide receiver stuff is a mess. We'll see on Amon Ra. We'll see on Chark. What do you see out of the Lions? Another disappointing loss this time to the Seahawks. Um, yeah, the, the thing about Jamal Williams is like this offense is going to continue to score points. Mm-hmm. It's really well constructed. Um, they've got a good offensive line. I mean, you know, they, I'd say, you know, we had pretty good, pretty high expectations for their offense uh, relative to the field entering the season. I, I would say that they've exceeded them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also dealt with uh, numerous injuries so far. At some point, I think, well, everyone's going to get back to 100%. And I mean, they can they should continue to fire on all cylinders. Um, TJ Hawkinson finally had, you know, the game that we've kind of been waiting like multiple years for him to have. Uh, it was a really, really good spot for him. He capitalized. It's nice to see that he has that in his bag because I think we've been kind of left wondering really for like a year and a half if he could do something like that. Um, that he showed he could. Yeah, 81-yard catch as part of TJ Hawkinson's game, just a completely outrageous 99th percentile outcome for TJ Hawkinson. But as Evan said, at least we know he's capable uh, now. Uh, Yeah, I'll just say the same thing on Detroit. We say every week, their defense is so, so bad. Their offense is so, so good. Even with, even with starting Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy, Kuntas Cephas, like their offense is so good. Defense is so bad. These games that they get into are are just wild and it's not going to stop. Hackers. So, small note, uh, Big Bob Tunyon's role, disappointingly, did not grow in week four. Only 59% of the routes for Big Bob Tunyon in week four. Only 6% of the targets disappointing. The good news was on the Romeo Dobbs stuff. Even with Christian Watson back healthy for this game, Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs were the starting and primary wide receivers. They played almost every snap. Christian Watson only ran seven routes. Now, Dobbs did not have a huge game in the box score, but still got there a little bit. What do you think of the Packers? And by the way, Packers against Brian Hoyer, against Bailey Zappi. I mean, barely escaped in this game. I mean, they mm-hmm, easily mm-hmm. should have lost this game. What did you see out of the Packers? Um, <clears throat> yeah, Romeo Dobbs had a, a rough drop late in the game. Um, but the usage was right where you want it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I think that their best formula, and we've talked about this, Aaron Rodgers has talked about this, is to continue just just pound the ball to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. They squeaked away here with, with a victory, but we saw them do that again. And both of those guys had usable. AJ Dillon had a usable game. Uh, Aaron Jones had a, a, a pretty pretty nice game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they got off a lot of plays because it went to overtime. But still, for Aaron Jones to get 16 carries and four targets, AJ Dillon 17 carries. And two targets, you can see why starting both of these guys is is kind of a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Rams. I mean, Allen Robinson is now 92nd among 94 qualifiers in yards per route run. The only players in the NFL worse in yards per route run right now are Shai Smith and A.J. Green. I mean, just ridiculous on Allen Robinson. And, you know, this is flowing through to everyone else. Allen Robinson's not getting anything. And so you see these outsized stuff for Tyler Higby, this new play, I don't even know a new play, but this obsession with Tyler Higby screens, Tyler Higby's dot now this year is down to 3.9 yards. It was at 6.0 yards last year. But to compensate for that, Tyler Higby is leading the NFL tight ends in targets. Tyler Higby has more targets than Mark Andrews, 
Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. I mean, all these screens are really bumping it up. So I don't know how sustainable this is, but right now, one of the favorite plays in the offense is screens to Higby and then everything else mm-hmm. to Cup. They can't run the ball. They really can't do anything else. I have my concerns about the Rams offense long-term too. Yeah. I'm not sure this is just a blip. What do you no. see out of last night's Rams game against the 49ers? Their offensive line just is not where it has been for the past several seasons. And so we're seeing a lot of high percentage stuff. Cooper Cup is having on pace for another outrageous season. I mean, outrageous. almost he's, I think his pace is almost 180 catches, yep. which would shatter the previous league record. Michael Thomas, I believe, is at 149, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that has translated to just a lot of high percentage stuff. As you mentioned, the Tyler Higby screens, Cooper Cup off to another outrageous start. And it's really bad for Allen Robinson who in this offense is a boundary receiver, you know, sort of a vertical guy. And really the success that he had in Chicago prior to last season, he was more used like a Michael Thomas sort of player often by Matt Nagy uh, would line up in the slot, get a lot of high percentage stuff. He's not getting high percentage stuff anymore. Yeah, no. And like, yeah, it's just touchdown or bust at this point for Allen Robinson. Yeah. Like you see them, they throw him those like fade in the end zone that never work. Um, one of the worst plays in football, but yeah. Vikings uh, played the game in London against the Saints. I was shocked Alvin Cook, like there was never a doubt Alvin Cook was playing this game. He wasn't even listed on the final injury report with that shoulder issue that he sustained in week three, but his usage was a little bit limited. Yeah, he got 20 out of 23 running back carries, but Alvin Cook only 20 routes on 41 dropbacks. Alexander Madison, Ran 15 routes in this game. What have you seen out of Dalvin? Anything else on the Vikings who squeezed out a win in London over the fighting Andy Daltons? Yeah, I mean, I think Dalvin has been fine this year. I I, I was hoping that he would have more passing game usage mm-hmm. than he has so far. Um, you mentioned Alexander Madison is like he ran more routes or considerably more routes than Dalvin Cook in this game. Um, Justin Jefferson bounced back from two slow weeks uh, and he beat up on, on, on Marshawn Lattimore in this game. So, you know, if you if you're starting to get a little worried there about Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. this was, um, you know, confirmation bias that he's going to be totally fine. Yep. Speaking of the saints, I mean, Chris Olave leads the team receiving again. Now note that Kamara didn't play in this game. Michael Thomas didn't play in this game. James Winston did not play in this game, but still Chris Olave. I mean, Dude, you can really ball. He's now yep. at two two point four six yards per route run this season. That is a massive number, and I get it's only been four games, but last year guys who beat two point four six yards per route run only Cup, Debo, Devonte Adams, Antonio Brown, AJ Brown, and Justin Jefferson, like only the best wide receivers in the entire league, beat two point four six last year. Olave is at two point four six right now. What did you think of the Saints with all their pieces missing and Andy Dalton's first start of the year? Yeah historically rookie receivers that average 1.9 yards per route run or better, uh, they tend to go on to be absolute studs. uh, And he's up here at almost 2.5. So dude is just balling out of control. He's been quarterback proof. Um, I think that long-term you'd rather have Jameis in there for the sake of Chris Olave than Andy Dalton, but so far it, it hasn't mattered. Um, Latavius Murray outplayed Mark Ingram in this game, but Mark, but immediately because he had just been called up from the practice squad, they immediately revert to the practice squad. 
Latavius Murray gets signed away by the Denver Broncos, has a chance to play in this Thursday night game. Yeah, uh, he had a choice. I think I was reading from Underhill, and he decided to go with the Broncos. Probably thinks he'll get a bit more opportunity there with Kamara's injury. Not too serious, but yeah, we'll be watching the Saints running back stuff. Speaking of ugly situations, I mean, Danny Dimes, give it up to Danny Dimes. I mean, runs for two touchdowns, runs for 60 yards. I mean, he's been fine in fantasy, but now we have major concerns because now he has this ankle issue. Sounds like he might try to play through it, but obviously his rushing is going to be compromised. And that's where, frankly, most of, if not all of his value has been coming from lately because they can't even field a wide receiver group. Not only does Dalen Jones get hurt in this game, Tyrod Taylor went down with a concussion. They were down to like Saquon Barkley, like wildcat stuff. Also, Kenny Galladay hurt his knee. Not that that matters too, too much. Dude can't do anything anyways. But yeah, I mean, it's a mess. We're just praying at this point that Daniel Jones' ankle, he's able to run on it, and Kadarius Tony and Wandale come in and are stars. That's like the only way it works out, other than Saquon Barkley literally touching the ball 500 times this season. Giants mm-hmm. get another win, though, man. They complete nine passes in the game, and they win what you see out of their win over the Bears. Yeah, I mean, Saquon Barkley and Jordan, I think uh, Jordan uh, Rainan Rain uh, tweeted this today that he expects at this point Saquon Barkley to lead the team in catches. Oh, yeah. So he is just on on pace and for an absolute massive season. I think he's the RB1 overall going forward. That's where we had him in our, in our latest top 150, right? We did. I, I thought it should still be CMC, but mm. uh, but yeah, uh, we, we it's did close have either way. Yeah. It's, it's real, real close. Yep. Um, uh, God, I know we told some people to play Richie James in certain start yeah. decisions. Uh, Richie James got like phased out because they were using a bunch of two and three tight end sets in this game and Richie James does not play in those you need them to be in three receivers and they didn't do that very much here uh I was watching this game live with the sound off and um I I thought that Daniel Jones had gotten benched um but no he he suffered what is believed to be a high ankle sprain yeah it's not good man no I mean he was playing fine he was he was playing well and and he he was was running yeah it's it sucks about the ankle. One thing I'd say about Richie James is that I thought Richie James was a fine play for sure. I didn't think that playing Richie James and Saquon together was okay because when you're playing the Bears and like it could be really ugly like it was, it's hard for both to get multiple uh, good weeks out of Giants in those spots. Just something to think about. Eagles. I thought Jacksonville actually played a pretty good game here in some tough weather conditions and Eagles still come out on top. I mean, Jalen Hurts now on pace for 225 carries this season the nfl record for a quarterback is 176 i mean jalen hurts has 34 designed runs through four weeks i mean that is insane it's almost impossible for jalen hurts to fail even what i think against what i think is an underrated jacksonville defense in wind and rain i mean my friends who were at the game were just bitching bitching the entire time about how awful it was another really good win for the eagles though they moved to four and oh what you see at their game against the jaguars yeah, big, big game here for uh, Miles Sanders. Um, and I, he's been like one of the steals of fantasy so far, really. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. Um, and now he gives you the spiked week. And, I mean, we were getting him in the seventh and eighth round. He's been a, like the absolute ideal zero RB running back. Uh, he's been consistent. And now he gives you the spiked week. Um, and I think he, he should be in play every week in, uh, in, in daily fantasy. Yeah, credit credit to Evan when uh way back in like I don't even know what month it was, like March or something, Evan did his first 150 and he had Miles Sanders 
like 60 spots ahead of where he was going uh, in ADP. And we had to regress everything back yeah. to market a little bit. But like, man, this is like the poster for how it can work going hero RB or zero RB. You get guys in good offenses in ambiguous backfields yeah. like Miles Sanders, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, uh, you know, you figure it out. Uh, and Miles Sanders obviously has been just that, just balling his face off. And by the way, Boston Scott didn't play in this game. Trey Sermon did get a couple of carries, but I think Trey Sermon played less than Boston Scott would have played. So just something to note there. Oh, I need to um, capitulate and apologize. I, I predicted that Trey Sermon would never get a carry uh, in an Eagles uniform, and he had two here. Yes. Also, um, I, I, I did get a D in logic, but it just seemed logical to me <laughs> that if you have the lead running back in what I expected to be just an awesome rushing offense, like, shouldn't we want to get that guy on our fantasy teams? Yep. Yep. Seemed logical. Yep. Talented guy. And everybody was freaking out about the touchdown stuff from last year, too. And obviously, mm -hmm. that was kind of fluky. Let's go to San Francisco. So, last night, they get a really good win for them over the Rams. The Debo Samuel stuff. Like, I, I just can't. I, I just can't, man. Like, everybody knows I have this big fade on Debo Samuel. I mean, first of all, that was a tough catch that he made. There were guys draped all over him. And then he starts <laughs> zigzagging across the field he sheds like six guys and i get that's the debo samuel thesis he's the best player mm -hmm. on the field he's the most ridiculous guy after the catch i've seen since odell's rookie year or whatever but it's just like so painful when you have a fade on on debo to watch mm -hmm. stuff like that anyways well he's had like really the um the optimal run out i mean yeah. getting back jimmy g is really big for debo samuel yeah and also like you know all their rbs have been going down you know, that incentivizes him. To, and I, he didn't have a big rushing day here, but like he's going to have games where he has five, six, seven rushing attempts in addition to six, seven, eight, nine targets. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and totally agree. I knew that when Trey Lance went down and Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo was in that, like the Debo stuff was looking way, way, way better. Like obviously Debo profiles way better on Jimmy. who throws those accurate short screens better than Trey Lance does. Anyways. Um, oh, I want to say one more thing. Jeff Wilson has been like, yeah, like every down back. I was just going to say that La yeah. last two weeks, Jeff Wilson, 74 snaps, Jordan Mason, five, Tevin Coleman, one, Marlon Mack, zero. I mean, this is Jeff Wilson's backfield to the Mac. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, the way that Jeff Wilson plays, though, I think puts him in harm's way often. He's got a pretty lengthy injury history. I would, we were, we were talking about on uh, one of our uh, FFPC main event teams. Should we drop Jordan Mason for like a flyer? Um, and I, 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 I want to keep Jordan Mason uh, because that also, I, I forgot to mention this when we talked about the Giants because we we're, we're also talking about dropping potentially Wondell Robinson. The attrition that has occurred in the Giants pass catcher core, like I want to keep Wondell Robinson too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Wondell and Tony, they need them yeah. both so, so. Yeah, so now these are, these are particularly deep bench leagues. Yeah, there's no trades or anything like that. Um, you know, the waivers are, are a really big, really big thing. Uh, but these are particularly, I mean, in you know, in a six bench, six man bench league, like you're, you're not rostering Wondell Robinson. You're probably struggling to to maintain Jordan Mason. Yeah. yeah one more thing on San Francisco. Uh, George Kittle, I played in showdown last night and the result was obviously disastrous. You know, the narrative was that with Trent Williams out, George Kittle was just going to stay in and block a ton. Per PFF, that was not the case. George Kittle only blocked on 11% of the pass plays last night. He was at 12.6% last year. It's just is what it is on George Kittle. I think the floor is going to be low because he just doesn't get the volume that some of these other feature really talented players get. But 
yeah, he's going to have spike weeks for sure. And so I'm leaving the light on for George Kittle, but he's just really tough to play in cash. And so like that, the floor is so, so, so low. Another note on the 49ers, one last one. Trent Williams out I would, three to five more weeks with this high ankle sprain. Colton McKivitz, who was standing in for him at left tackle, also got hurt. It might be done for the season. Um, I'm so worried about this 49ers offensive line, like yep. big time. Let's go to Seattle, man. Geno Smith, and we've talked about this over and over again on the show, but Geno Smith continues to ball. Leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's top seven in basically every passing category. And he's had some you know difficult matchups. He played Denver. He played San Francisco. I think Atlanta's defense is slightly underrated. You know, obviously this past week, the Lions defense is terrible. But man, Geno's playing well. And the target tree is so tight. Lockett and Metcalf have combined to see 52.3% of the targets. That's really high. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are at 55.7%. So yeah, I mean, the Geno stuff is for real. I thought one of the biggest things of the week was the Seattle choosing not to use DJ Dallas in passing situations. So Rashad Penny gets 45 snaps in 15 routes. Kenneth Walker, 24 snaps in eight routes. DJ Dallas only played three snaps. And I think that's really important for the Rashad Penny stuff. Obviously, a ton of sharp people were on Rashad Penny and DFS this past week. What do you think of Seattle ringing up a huge number in their win at Detroit? Yeah, gosh, I wrote up Geno Smith as like a a DFS tournament play uh, in matchups, but I did not have the balls to bang that drum uh, on the Friday show or or play him myself. Um, But I mean, he, you know, just everything matched up here for him. Like he really has been playing well. Um, you know, th- this, uh, this game had shootout potential. Um, you know, you didn't have to worry about the weather, uh, you know, at, uh, at Ford field, um, you know, the lions are a terrible defense, Terrible. you know, so it, you know, the, and the people, and some people did play Geno Smith and they made money. Oh, I play, I played Geno. Yeah. Did you? Nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But good. I had, yeah, I didn't have enough yeah. to go with it, but yeah, the Geno stuff was, was for sure. Good. Yeah. Also, um, Rashad Penny is like a baller. Yeah. I mean, like he's like legit, really good. He he also has a, a major injury history, so people shouldn't be dropping Kenneth Walker um, because you know that that's something that, and especially in an offense now that is vastly exceeding our expectations. I mean, I remember saying stupid stuff that that looks really stupid right now about the Seahawks before the season. Like, I don't know how they're going to get first downs. Yeah. Um, that that's something that I said, and I, I capitulate and apologize, but like. Obviously, our our expectations have been raised now. And Kenneth Walker, if he does get in there, like he could be the league winner that Leone keeps predicting that he will be. Yeah, we'll see if Rashad Penny can hold up. Seahawks still around even uh, in pass rate over expectation. But a lot of times with the Russ Wilson Seahawks, they were like way below in pass rate over expectation. And so they're letting Geno cook at a way higher rate than they were letting Russ cook. You know, is what it is. And, and and I and I think that you saw it that uh, Pete Carroll had the comment take sort of taking a veiled shot at Russell Wilson. Gino does what he tell what we tell him to do or something like that. And Russ was going off script too much right. for for Pete's liking. Tampa. So this was the Rashad White breakout game on national television. In the previously, it had been all Leonard Fournette. Every situation doesn't matter. Lenny, 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 Lenny. In this game, Leonard Fournette, thirty nine snaps, twenty five routes. Rashad White, 35 snaps, 17 routes. I mean, with how good Rashad White is in the past game and how often Tom Brady throws at running backs, I think that's really, really notable. I assume Rashad White is not on waivers in anybody's league that's listening to this, but if he is, you should certainly 
be owning him. Other note that I have here is all the wide receivers were back. So Evans, Godwin, Gage, Julio, with everybody back, Evans and Godwin were the primary. Gage came on in three wide receiver sets, and Julio rotated in only 17 routes for Julio on 53 Tom Brady dropbacks. Godwin was up at 45 as the primary slot guy, and then also in two wide. So really good stuff for Chris Godwin. Hopefully you guys were able to buy low on him. What did you see out of Tampa loss against Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I didn't know. I was starting to worry that the Bucs just did not have a game like this offensively in them, and certainly they were pushed. I mean, a lot of this came in in comeback script, uh, and that's why you see six rushing attempts as a team for them. You see the spiked usage for Rashad, uh, Rashad White, although I think that they do want to get him more involved. Like the uses that they were giving to Lenny was great for fantasy to begin the season. I, I just, I don't think that that's sustainable. Like Leonard Fournette was not going to be able to hold up on that kind of usage. So I think that they probably should try to get Rashad white, like 10 touches per game going forward. He, I mean, he's, he's, he looks good out there. I mean, yeah. he, he looks really good. Yeah. Uh, this was the classic, you know, Mike Evans was, born to uh, score touchdown, put on the earth to score touchdowns game. He almost had three. Uh, he had a, an end zone target in the back, uh, back of the end zone, and just kind of overthrew him a little bit. But uh, and I, I, I think that Godwin looked pretty good mm-hmm. in this game, um, and I think that we can use him with a level of confidence going forward. Oh, for sure. I, I love having Chris Godwin on yeah. my team. And you see, like, the whole game plan from the Bucks changes when they have Evans and Godwin and Gage and Julio and everybody out there. Like they're going to throw more. They're going to be more efficient. It's just, yeah, everything's different. Last NFC team here today is the Washington football team. Uh, Jahan, Jahan Dotson scored again. Jahan Dotson now has four touchdowns on 12 catches, only a 12.8% target share. Also now Jahan Dotson was revealed after the game has a hamstring issue that he's dealing with. So we'll be watching that. Removing Dotson from there would obviously be good news for McLaurin and Logan Thomas. And Curtis Samuel. And then the other news was Brian Robinson. I mean, not only is Brian Robinson activated, but Ron Rivera was talking about him playing in week five. And like, I think we've seen Mm -hmm. them continue to kind of phase out Antonio Gibson. They gave uh, Williams some work this week. And I think they'll give Brian Robinson work as soon as he's ready. What do you think of Washington's loss to the Cowboys? Yeah, it's looking like the the Antonio Gibson uh, usability is going to be short-lived. Yeah. As you uh, kind of forecasted there, yeah. Adam, um, when stinks, uh, you know, and it was it was kind of just a, a, a blip there uh, at the beginning of the season. It's just like whenever he is like in a pressured situation, and I'm not talking about like under pressure, but like a game that you know the the revenge game against Philadelphia, a big division game here with their back sort of starting to come against the wall. Carson Wentz just goes in the tank, you yeah. know. Um, and, and that was kind of the, that's kind of been one of the stories of, of him throughout his career that he just doesn't deliver when when, uh, you know, the chips are down. Um, and I, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if um, you know, maybe they'll go to Taylor Heineke first, but it wouldn't shock me if we see Sam Howell, who looked good in the preseason, real good, get get some opportunities here um uh, as we move forward yeah i would i would love to i thought sam howell played his ass off in the preseason and the other one that i wish we could see i believe matt carroll uh or sorry matt Matt corral is out for yeah the year but uh i would have loved to see him get a shot for the panthers also over baker but yeah i'd love to see sam howell also all right that's gonna do it for the nfc team by team 
podcast. We'll be back later tonight with the AFC team by team podcast. Appreciate you all being here. Be sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you're listening on helps us out a ton. For Evan, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.